Okay, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad, the horror movie podcast that reviews the best and worst and everything in between in horror one movie at a time. I am your host, Otis, and tonight, like always, I am joined by the Spooky Movie Squad, and that squad contains Katie. Hi. Emma. Oh, hey, that's me. And Micah. Stop it. You can't contain me. (laughs) (laughs) So sit back and relax and enjoy our review of the 1998 American supernatural thriller, Fallen. Don't trust the soul. (laughs) Help. I've fallen and I can't get up. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Don't touch me. (laughs) Hit that music. Losing on and yes, take a seat to take a rest. From behind the curtain, a disconcerting nod. It's time to listen to the Spooky Movie Squad. <laughs> Happy Spookies, everyone. This is episode 279 of this illustrious podcast, and it's the final volume or chapter volume of our month of senses. So, as we were trying to figure out. Something for touch. I mean, I guess a lot of horror movies deal with touch. You know, the killer has to grab people and stuff. I actually popped up a pretty good movie from my past that I watched as a wee little Otis. And I remembered it contained Denzel Washington. Somebody that's not really known for doing scary movies, thrillers. Uh, He's all about the movies that get Oscars. and I mean, he's done action. He's been a villain in like training day but horror is is a avenue that he hasn't really popped up on and i remember this awesome movie from my childhood so we watched and we're going to review fallen so for the uninitiated this is a movie about a philadelphia police detective that's investigating murders from a bad guy that he stopped but the murders keep continuing the same way and just the crazy, crazy path that he has to take to find the real killer. And it just involves a whole lot of occult and spirits and demons and stuff like that. It, it's a fun one. It's, it's a wild movie. So, Emma, what did you think about Fallen? I mean, it was it was a good movie. It felt like a very extended, like almost double episode of something like like CSI or like Law and Order or something like that. <clears throat> like the murder mystery where shit goes wrong, but like <clears throat> with a touch of supernatural. But yeah, I mean it was it was a good movie. I was not scared by any means during this movie. It did not scare me. It was very weird to have everything based on touch. But it also took me like the first 40 minutes of this movie well not 40 like 30 minutes i was like micah i forget which sense is this movie and i was like trying to figure it out and then i watched like the the guy bump into the guy and i was like oh it's touch (laughs) and then you know it all made sense but yeah no i mean it was really good so i enjoyed it katie I liked it. I, just like Emma said, it's not scary at all. Um, but I guess it's as a thriller film, it doesn't have to be scary. It's more meant to catch you off guard. Um, and this movie does that. 
there aren't very many movies at least that deal with supernatural stuff in this manner like this is a very odd form of possession that happens in this film um that you don't normally see you will always see like oh girl or man somebody gets possessed and then they're just the fucking bad guy the whole goddamn movie yeah but this played out like an episode of supernatural where okay the demon's in this body for right now and then it's in that body and now it's in that other body and you'll never know where the demon is because that's the whole fucking point the demon's trying to get away from you and i really liked it because i love supernatural but yeah not scary yeah great acting for sure micah uh yeah no i actually really enjoyed this movie i have not i had not seen it before it definitely felt like 90s noir yes with supernatural (laughs) um which is a really cool vibe and the the uh super sultry sexy sexy saxophone (laughs) music in the background for a lot of the the chill moments i'm trying to i'm trying to think about when in the early 2000s this would you it would just like i feel like it would just be like one of those tnt movies that you're you're sick at home and just scrolling through tv trying to find something and then this is on and then you're just like oh well okay well i'll just keep watching oh okay well uh, uh." but no no i this one was good (laughs) it it was a a good twist and it definitely felt like watching pre-supernatural supernatural supernatural, so so just when i was a kid i watched a ton of twilight zone and Mm -hmm. this movie reminds me of like everyone said an extended episode of twilight zone you get the beginning and you get tons of clues and then you get the twist and you're like oh wow that was crazy but if you watch it a second time people's words make way more sense our narrator it makes way more sense the words that the narrator picks specific words mean so much more if you watch it a second time and i thought it was absolutely awesome this this is a fun one it's funny it's not one of denzel's big movies uh spoilers this movie did not do good but it has a pretty big cult following cult following to the to the links of people have edited this movie to change endings and change parts of this movie because it has such staying power with fans that like, no, this is how it actually happens. And it's a fun one. Uh, After we watched it, Katie and I, well, Katie took out endings that she would have done and like, well, this I would have done like this. And you could make a part two to this. Uh, It's, it's a, it's fun. It's a very fun movie. And I'm glad everyone at least enjoyed it. And they weren't like, that was ass. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> I watch a lot of ass movies, but I'm glad that this one at least was all right with people. So, yeah, we will get through this story. And then we'll talk about a favorite, least favorite characters. And then I'll talk about the, well, obviously, the twist. And I'm going to talk about why this movie is so special and why it is part of a very small club of movies and books that uh something special about the narrator so in fallen we get a voiceover and we actually see denzel washington out in the snow struggling and it we hear denzel talking he's like i'm gonna tell you a story about the time i almost died 
And you're like, oh shit. So, you know, it's that already that type of movie where you get the ending at the beginning. You're like, okay. So Denzel, obviously he's the good guy. He made it through this shit. So we're going to see how he fights off some monster. And I'm like, that's awesome. Cool. I like that. And Denzel says, well, to really tell you the story, I got to go back to the beginning, but that's a bit too much. So I'll just go back a little bit and we'll talk about how I met and then we start up. And so Denzel's name, I'm probably going to call him Denzel for this, but his name is John Hobbs and he visits a serial killer, Edgar Reese. And it seems like Hobbs and Reese have a Batman Joker type of situation to the point where Reese constantly is finding out Hobbs's like phone number and he'll just call him all night and just not say anything but just just fuck with him and it seems like he enjoys messing with Hobbs so we see that the serial killer Reese Edgar Reese he's on death row Hobbs finally caught his ass and it's weird because Reese he's super excited and happy (laughs) that he got caught there are cameramen recording this whole situation I guess they're gonna make some type of documentary about the whole situation because Reese is a weird weird guy and while talking to Hobbs Reese actually shakes Hobbs's hand and it's weird the second he shakes it he kind of looks at the hand and he starts saying words in an unknown language really fast Hobbs thinks it's just gibberish because he's a crazy fucking person but we find out later that he's actually speaking a language and as Reese is executed. He starts singing the Rolling Stone song Time is on my side. And he tells Hobbs that you know uh what 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 comes around comes around. He says it like a weird way, but he's like what goes around goes around is what he said. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, he's like I'll see you later, bud. And he's like no, you won't cuz you're going to be dead in 10 minutes. He's like I'll see you later. <laughs> so after this point, Hobbs, he is hanging out with his partner, Jonesy. Hey, it's John Goodman. It's always good to see him in movies. And they are investigating a new string of murders that look just like Edgar Reese's M.O., which makes no sense because Edgar Reese got a snoot full of that green gas and he is dead. He is extra super dead. So they assume it's a copycat. Or maybe Reese was working with somebody even from the beginning. And so it's like, hey, if I die, Katie, you got to take up the mantle of fucking with Hobbs and killing people. And the other person's like, okay. Honestly, it's a soft situation. And I was like, okay, that's actually reasonable because we've seen things like that. So from Hobbs's point of view, he thinks it's just a copycat killer. But we are not Hobbs and we get to see everything because we're watching a movie and we see... The second that Reese dies, we, I assume it's his soul from the beginning of the movie. We see something leave Reese's body and float around the room looking at everybody and then enters one of the cops body. And now we understand, okay, there was something evil in Reese's body. Me, whenever dumb customers do dumb stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And this spirit seems to have the power to just hop into bodies, not even like a fight either. It's just a bump, not even skin to skin contact, man. It's just, oh no, my foot touched your foot. You got a, you got a monster inside of you now. <laughs> and this spirit 
is hopping around. There's a scene where uh, they're outside and it's like a, like a restaurant and it hops into at least 15 people just taking this crazy path until it gets to the person it's supposed to kill. And I was like, wow, that's you have no way to track a killer like that. So after tons of murders and getting the info and actually translating the words that Reese said, they they identified it's Aramaic and it's like a almost a dead language and they have to find someone that can like translate but not even he's like it's not even like a written situation he's like i had to just like kind of hear it and translate it myself um yeah it was he was like cursing him and real in real life um they actually had to find someone that could translate aramaic but the first person didn't want to read these things out loud because they were legit curses and he's like no i'm good i'm not reading that so they found someone that don't give as much of, of a shit of saying aramaic curses out loud so that's how they were able to say him so good. So Hobbs, he tracks down a woman. Her name is Greta Milano. And it's weird. There's twists and turns everywhere. There was a former detective at the same precinct that Hobbs works at that apparently went through the same situation, the same weird murders. And it seems like the police department kind of swept everything under the rug. It was really weird. So he finds out that Greta, her dad was a detective, and he killed himself in an isolated cabin after being accused of all these weird occult murders, uh, similar to the ones that Hobbs is dealing with. So Hobbs actually goes to the lake house, and he finds all these weird, weird books about demonic possession. And like I said, uh, he's reading one of the books, and it says, like, hey, you know, the more you make yourself known to these bad things the more they will fuck with you but denzel washington's a really 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 good guy and he's like i'm not afraid of that maybe you should be but so he also discovers the name azazel written on the wall so it seems like greta's dad understood some part of what he found and he hid it so just in case he died someone could take up the cause and find more information on this thing that he had to deal with so Hobbs actually talks to Greta about the name and she tells him like hey I don't really I didn't even really want to help you at the beginning of this you now know more and I still don't want to help you I'm going to be very useless until like the end of this movie so please stop and then Denzel's like I'm not gonna stop and she's like please 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 do it so <laughs> it happens a lot she does reconsider after meeting Azazel as he, she's just walking down the street and he is like right behind her singing the Rolling Stones song, like trying his best to get her attention, you know, and she freaks out. He he like blocks her path of walking away and then she kind of moves away from his touch and he's like, oh, you understand. Also, you understand what I am. OK, cool. So uh, I now I have to fuck with you, too. So it seems like Azazel, this fallen angel, he is fine with screwing with people. But if you know a little too much, then he's like, well, now I for real got to kill you. If I'm going to fuck with you first, but now I really got to kill you. <laughs> so Greta calls Hobbs and tells Hobbs that Azazel, he was a fallen angel and his special power or thing he can do. 
he can possess human beings by touch. So he doesn't have his own body. He's just like a, I guess, I suppose a spirit. And so he has to do all of his evil deeds through people's bodies. And Hobbes, he thinks about it and he's like, wait, but earlier when Reese was like on death row, like he shook my hand, but he didn't jump into my body. And Greta says that like the demon wants to screw your life first. He wants to ruin you mentally, physically, and then he'll probably jump in your body and do bad stuff with you. And he's like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> and Greg actually tells Hobbes, like, he's gonna win this. Like, he's been around for thousands, millions of years. Like, fuck, he's a fucking demon. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you can't fight a demon, Denzel Washington. He's like, but I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> so we see that Azazel, he has been following Hobbes the whole movie, honestly. There are tons of scenes where they use this crazy, um, type of, of like recording a scene where it's like super red and that's like the demon vision and it's always like right behind Hobbs and Hobbs turns a couple of times he's like what the fuck is behind me and then he like shuffles behind something he's like, <laughs> you know doing a quiet little laugh and then come back up I can see you so <laughs> we see that Azazel comes to Hobbs's precinct and then just proceeds to possess everybody that Hobbs actually like likes or at least no, he likes these people, even though he's a bit grumpy with some of them. And they all sing that Rolling Stones song. And Hobbs is like, why did you sing that song a couple of seconds ago? And he's like, what are you talking about? I don't I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, what the fuck? And so uh, we see that when the Azazel jumps into a body, it I, I know, I guess he completely takes over and you don't know anything of what you did. And so it's the perfect crime. You can do really bad stuff and then hop out of a body and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, hey, as it floats away to a new body. So the demon, it knows that Hobbes knows. And he's telling him, like, I'm for real going to screw you over now. It's like, you you, you know what I am. You, this Our relationship was very much a, oh, the cop's catching the bad guy. And I was cool with that. But now you know that I'm actually a demon and God and the devil are real. Now I really got to, like take you down because you know I, I guess it's easy for him to do bad stuff if everybody doesn't know that he's a demon it just makes it easier because i guess if everybody knows then that just complicates things i guess i, I don't yeah. really know what, how demons work <laughs> so we see that azazel is trying his best to screw with hobbs and so hobbs he lives with his nephew sam and his brother Art. And he is constantly just picking at them. And he actually has Sam attack his dad, Art, in their home. And Art has like this black eye. And he's like, what happened, dude? And Art tells Hobbs that his son punched him in the face. And he's like, oh, he was, you know, I don't know what happened. But, you know, he didn't mean it. And he talks to his nephew. And he's like, what happened? He's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. And so he's like, oh, shit, he was in my house controlling my family and so he chases down one of sam's friends and azazel's in his body and he jumps to another person this person reaches into a car and pulls out a, a pistola and starts shooting at hobbs and hobbs tells the guy put your gun down put the gun down and then he doesn't and then hobbs shoots the guy in the middle of the street there are tons of bystanders that see that hobbs saved the day so that's great 
unfortunately, we see that Hobbs, his fingerprints were found at some murder scenes earlier. And then Hobbs says, like, that's not the hardest thing to do. Like, if someone was following me, they could just get my fingerprints from something yeah. else. Like, that's not tough to do. And so the cops think are thinking that he did this. And so, unfortunately, Azazel has jumped into the bystanders' bodies. And so all of their retellings of the day where Hobbs saved the day from the, the crazy dude with a gun turns into that dude was just like eating a sandwich, reading the Bible. And Hobbs came in and just blew him away. And unfortunately, you know, if everyone says he did something bad and there's no good witness... Uh, you look like a scary piece of shit. Yep. Uh, so at, <laughs> it's it's just Hobbs's life is falling apart. We see that his precinct, they are sending people to find Hobbs to bring him in. Now we see that Azazel sneaks into Hobbs's home once again and actually murders his brother. And so he actually has him like, I guess, overdose on poison or drugs. It's the same poison he's been killing people with this whole time. Yes. Yeah. And so Art is just sleeping in his bed. Not sleep, he's dead, but he's down. And he has marked Sam. So every dead body that Azazel makes, he writes a few letters on their chest. And we see that altogether it spells out apocalypse and so that's what he's going for he's like i'm gonna i want to do bad stuff with my friends so hobbs he takes his nephew to greta's house because that's the only person he knows could maybe protect his nephew and she needs to do something useful in this movie so greta explains that if azazel is forced out of a body he can only travel as far as one breath can take them. And so they say that's how far? 500 cubits. Yeah. So not crazy far. One sixth of a mile. Yeah, not crazy far, but I guess if you're floating, it's kind of quick. And so that's it. And after that, he will die. So there's a way to kill him. It's just super duper impossible because if he dies, if he lives in the city, Azazel seems to enjoy the city because there's bodies everywhere. He can just hop into another body and just walk away. So Hobbs calls his partner Jonesy. And obviously it's five other people pick up the phone and just listen. But he tells Jonesy that he's going to head to the cabin and, and code talk. But we see that Jonesy in Stanton. So Stanton is his chief. And the whole movie Stanton like was telling him, like, maybe a cop's doing all of this. And, he, and Hobbs is like, probably. And then little by little, you see that he, his chief is just kind of looking at him all funny. He's like, oh, you're the killer. Like, I know you're <laughs> the killer. And Hobbs is like, what are you talking about, man? Like, <laughs> I've been trying to catch these guys the whole time. He's like, no, nah, you're crazy. <laughs> so we see Stanton and Jonesy, they come to arrest Hobbs. And unfortunately, Hobbs is guess that one of them is possessed by Zazel was right and it was Jonesy so Jonesy shoots the chief in the head the whole movie I thought the chief was possessed and so I was like that's a good twist right good turn and so now we see that they have themselves a fight because Zazel realizes that I'm kind of done screwing with you so I'm just gonna kill this body and I'm gonna hop in your body and then I'm gonna kill probably like 20 more people 
And then when they finally catch me, and then you're going to go to death row and, and, you know, get electrocuted or poisoned up. And I'll just scoot out and just do another body. So this was fun, dude. Like, I had a really good time screwing with you. But, yeah, screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> but now we see. I'm going to go be home screwed. Right. <laughs> uh, we see Hobbs. He actually fights back and he shoots Jonesy in his stomach. And Jonesy's down. He's like, I don't know what you think's going to happen with this. And then Hobbs pulls out a cigarette and starts smoking it. Jonesy or well, Azazel's like, what are you doing? Like, you don't, you haven't smoked in a long time, dude. What, you, what, what is this? And he's like, well, I don't, but a uh, special occasion. Uh, you know, I'm smoking a cigarette just covered with the poison that you used to kill my brother. And then it finally dawns on Azazel. Holy shit. He's poisoning himself. I'm bleeding out. He's trying to, he's trying to kill me. He's trying to for real, he's kill me out here. And so <laughs> he shoots. Azazel Jonesy in the head and we see the spirit of Azazel float up look around and then hop into Hobbs's body and instantly he starts running to get anywhere because the body is falling apart and we get back to the voiceover from the beginning of the movie now with the insight that it wasn't Denzel Washington wasn't Hobbs doing this voiceover saying the time he almost died it was the villain of the movie and he's like yeah uh, I was going to die y'all <laughs> I like how he, he he sounds so like friendly when he's talking he's like yeah man I was getting I was getting my ass kicked like this human almost got me remember I said almost at the beginning and so we see that Azazel as Hobbs's body shuts down and dies Azazel looks around and he hops into a little cat's body. And it's funny, earlier in the movie, we did see Azazel hop into another cat's body to just peep in on Hobbs. But it it absolutely slipped my mind the first time I watched it. I forgot that he could hop into animals. And so when Hobbs died, and I was like, hell yeah, he got him. He's going to float away and just die. Oh, God damn it. There's animals everywhere. <laughs> and so the cat scoots off and heads back into the civilization. And Azazel's like, well, uh, time to keep this going. And that is the end of Fallen. Uh, very sad movie. Uh, it's it's weird when you see the villain win. We don't get that yeah. a lot in thrillers and horror movies. So when it does happen, I'm like, man, he ruined that dude's life hardcore. And he got away with it. That sucks. <laughs> <clears throat> so, Katie, who was your favorite character in Fallen? My favorite character was uh john's brother art he was so innocent and sweet and they never explicitly say that something is wrong with him but something is wrong with him yeah like he is there's some sort of mental deficit there and john never mentions it no uh the kid kind of does um he kind of he calls his dad like a spaz at one point um and john shuts that shit down immediately he's like sam shut up you don't ever say that about your dad ever um and something is wrong but it's he's doing the best that he can with what he's got and he is very sweet he's a very good loving father he takes very good care of sam and he continues to take care of john even though john's a perfectly normal grown-ass adult right um john definitely has that thing that 
a lot of like cops and stuff and detectives do in movies where they just work and work and work and work and don't take any time for themselves. So they don't eat, they don't take time to shower. And art is kind of that character that is just encouraging them to remember to take care of themselves. Like you can't solve this crime right now. It's three in the morning, but go to sleep, like take a nap, start over in the morning. You'll be good. Um, So art was my favorite for sure. Emma. I have John and Art's relationship down as my favorite character just because all their interactions are so sweet. And like you said, they stand up for each other and Art really goes to bat for John quite a bit, like just between the two of them. And it's really, especially when Art dies, it's really hard like watching John's face when that happens. He's like, oh God. (laughs) So yeah, just their relationship was very... Very sweet, out of the ordinary for this kind of movie, but I enjoyed it. Micah? Um, I'm going to go with John Goodman's character. Jonesy? Great. Jonesy, yeah. Where's Riley? Um, he he kind of just was <laughs> like, yeah, he had his moments because he's John Goodman. What are you going to do? Keep him in the background the entire time? Um, he had moments where he was just kind of always working behind the scenes to kind of watch out for, um, for oh. Hobbs and he was the cow he, he was like dude they're coming you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do i'm just trying to give you a heads up like i know it's not you there's some weird shit happening but if there's something you got to figure out and you still need time to do it you better get out now <laughs> um and just all the weird shit that was happening he was always there like man that's some weird shit i mean you're you're still you're, like you're still my 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 dude, so I'm I'm gonna go with you on this. But uh, this is some weird shit, and you're weird for for being all weird with your weird shit. But but you're fucking weird, <laughs> bud. And then he ends up being, you know, you get you get kind of uh, a little bit of John Goodman letting loose at the at the end of the movie, which is always great when John Goodman gets to just like kind of act his own way and really kind of show off just his how acting just how how goodman he is <laughs> yeah so uh jonesy was my my favorite i'm going with the relationship between hobbs and well reese slash azazel yeah. like i said they had a batman joker situation going and then it just got crazier and crazier and crazier and it's really fun hobbs at the beginning of this movie was very much a i I understand what religion is, but I'm not really big on that because being a cop, I've seen some wild shit, so I don't really believe in that situation. And then when Greta tells him, like, yeah, God's real and demons are real and hell is most surely real because of that, he's like, no, no, there's not a demon walking around that can hop through people's bodies through touch. That's you're wild about this but uh when he finally gets like the for real clues about it he he hops onto the train of like oh shit this is wild pretty quick um and he understood what he had to do and he told his nephew when he left for the last time that you're gonna hear a lot of bad things about me kid but you know just know that i did this you know to save you and you know help out the family i felt bad for sam because he's like his whole life just like fell apart instantly yeah Hobbs went to the cabin knowing that he had to kick fucking demon's ass to save the day but he put it he put it all on his back because he's that super good cop so I enjoyed just 
Azazel and Hobbs, that whole relationship. It was really cool. So, Katie, who is your least favorite character? Why is it Greta? Why is it who? I said Greta, but it might be somebody else for you. No, it's for sure Greta Milano. <laughs> uh miss milano is the trashest of female characters she basically spent two-thirds of this movie implying that she knew exactly what was going on and how to stop it but would not tell john a damn thing about it yeah just like this is a thing and then would walk away like bitch would not give him a goddamn answer and then in the final third of the movie, when she comes around and it's finally like, okay, here's the thing. This is Azazel. There's all this stuff going on. There's a way you can beat it. Uh, something about some cubits and like blah, blah, blah. And then she had like sex eyes for him. And I was just like, what the fuck character development is this? <laughs> right. Greta Milano was the worst character in this movie. And this was about, like, four cops who just, like, shoot each other. Like, what the fuck? How were you the worst character in this movie? <laughs> Emma. I have to agree. Um, I wrote down Miss Trunchbull's edition of Miss Honey. Yep. Because, well, that's who the character is. But, no, she was just, she was really trashy. And he was like, I need your help. And she's like, uh, no. Like, wow, you're a bitch. Yep. But yeah. No, I didn't I didn't care for her. Micah. Uh, my least favorite character is the point of Azazel in this movie. <laughs> it it did not have a strong enough plot point other than it was just a I'm gonna hop from body to body and fuck with you the whole time. Yeah, I just assumed he was just a chaos demon. He's just like, I was like fucking up stuff and you kind of figured me out. So I got to fuck with you now. Which would be fine if this was like part of a, I don't know, a small series of movies that all like had like demon types or something. But like the mystery aspect and like the uh, finding like like finding the the cop that like disappeared, like they scrubbed him from the records, you know, Milano. and stuff like that i was like "Ooh, this is this is neat this is fun and then it's like oh yeah here's a demon that's just fucking with you the whole movie and killing your family like oh which i guess is what demons do but (laughs) (laughs) um okay i guess that that happened all right (laughs) yeah there definitely needed to be like again this could have easily been solved by miss bitchface milano in their first meeting, if she had explained, this is the type of demon you're dealing with. Yeah. Like, it, two lines. Like, she didn't have to name Azazel. She didn't have to, like, go all out and, like, full-on explain everything in their very first meeting. But if she would have been a couple of throwaway lines, like, this is the demon who once upon a time was sent to Earth and its job was just to kill people. On behalf of Lucifer. The end. Yeah. Like, that's all she had to say. And then that shit would have made sense. But they never mention why he's there in the first place. So he's just there wrecking folks. Yeah, he's just screwing around. That's kind of what I got from him. He's just, just dicking. <laughs> no one can stop him. So he's just like, yeah, I like killing. So my least favorite character, it's, it's the trope of the person that knows a lot. And they don't want to help you until they get dragged into it. And they're like, okay, now I got to help you. Before I die, I'm going to tell you the most important part. She didn't die, actually. Milano. But, yeah, Greta Milano. And I get it. 
she saw someone that probably had really strong will try to take this demon down and they died not winning and so she's like well i don't want you to die either denzel washington and denzel's like nah i'm different i'm smarter and she's like no i can't trust you with this important information and then finally when she gets threatened she's like oh shit well you're still alive you made it further than my dad now i'm gonna tell you all this stuff probably would help you if you knew it a little bit earlier but yeah what are we gonna do it's <laughs> in horror movies there's always a person that knows a lot and they're like hey I know the thing to get you back home. See, I'm I'm just quoting fucking uh, Time and Punishment, the Halloween episode from The Simpsons, when Willie's like, hey, this is not your home, Homer, but I can get you back. And then he gets an axe, axe to the back by weird Maggie. <laughs> so it's just that, that type of character. I just knew she was going to be that character. And I was like, uh, you're not going to help until you get threatened. And then you're going to help. I also hated, like... Her resistance to telling him anything about it and then at the midway point when he was like getting her to talk to him finally a little bit about it she was like oh yeah i've been training to fight this guy for like my whole fucking life since my dad died when i was like five and then refused to tell him anything about anything like bitch what Okay, so let's do seven word synopsis. I only have two. I was trying to think of another one, but my first one is the letters spelled apocalypse. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> and then my it's last a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> and my last one is ha ha, fuck you, demon. Kitty rescue time. <laughs> That'd have been me if I was like poisoned on the ground, like I beat you. Fuck you. Hey, what's that cat doing right there? <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> Katie. All right. <clears throat> Denzel should have called Sam and Dean. I don't even think they were alive. Or they were like little kids right at this point. Only seven years before the first episode. Yeah, little kids. They would have been. A- Dean would have already been hunting, but sure. Should have taken a Zazel in a small aircraft. Yep. So the way I would have finished this story if I was Denzel is I would have had the demon follow me to a small airport. And then I would have taken him into an airplane and flown high up into the sky. Shoot him. Shoot me. Everybody dies. We're good. The demon is dead because there are no other living beings in the world around you (laughs) when you're 30,000 feet up. Nothing within a sixth of a mile. So, yeah, that's what I would have done. And then uh, my last one, vague answers to important questions make relationship (laughs) micah reaching out touching you touching me (laughs) very nice uh and (laughs) this movie clearly came out pre-pandemic everybody's touching (laughs) everybody touching everybody right azazel for sure died in like 2020 too much touching there's too much there is a limit <laughs> yeah he died in 2020 when everyone was just stuck in their houses and not doing anything oh, fuck. you're right <laughs> yeah no one's going anywhere sorry bud you're stuck okay i have weird death shit that soul jumped bodies and then time is something something yes it is <laughs> <laughs> and then my alliterative Twosome tracks, timeless, touch, transferred, treacherous, transcendent. Heck yeah. 
So at the beginning of this review, I said that this movie is a bit special because of the way the narration goes. And what I'm getting at is the narrator for a little bit was a was a, a, a smidge unreliable or dead or just an asshole. So there's a small group of movies where the narrator either isn't telling the truth or they're not alive when they're telling you this story or a little bit of both. And so some of my favorite movies that do this and spoilers, there's one scary movie in this, but nah, we'll still watch it, whatever. Um, but Minister Society, that's one where Kane, he actually tells the whole story of his life in L.A. with gangs and stuff. And he's dead. Even at the beginning, he's like, oh, yeah, I died this American Beauty Inception, kind of maybe uh, the others. And that's one with Nicole Kidman, Jacob's Ladder. Hey, you remember that movie we did a long time ago? Yeah, he was fucking either dying the whole time. And then The Lovely Bones, great movie, book, absolutely great. And Sunset Boulevard. So it's that little bubble of stories where, you know, we get tricked and think that the narrator is something that they're not. And either they're alive or the good guy. You know, at the beginning of this movie, you think that it's Denzel Washington telling you the story of how he saved the day and almost died. And I was like, oh, cool. And then you're like, oh, God damn it. I was cheering for the villain the whole time. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you know? Emperor's new groove. Yeah. And I, it, it made me, I remember when I was younger, when I heard that, I was like mad. I was like, son of a bitch. You know, I was cheering for the villain at the end. I was like, damn. But I thought that was really cool. You don't get a lot of that because, I don't know, it's hard to come up with a story, like a solid story like that sometimes. But true. yeah, I thought that was really nice. So this film came out january 16th 1998 my god it's i'm old it's old <laughs> what do you guys think the budget for fallen was katie 20 dollar dues emma oh boy uh 15 dollar dues mike nine dollar dues that's it's funny we watch all these movies and stuff and sometimes they're crazy cheap and they they look great and they make all this money. Uh, this one's kind of the opposite. The budget was $46. Dues. What the fuck? Jesus, now, what did they spend it on? Hookers and Blow? No, and John Douglas Goodman. Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Donald Denzel Sutherland. Washington, John Goodman, Donald Sutherland's in this yeah. bad boy, James Gandolfini, uh, Elias Codius. Hey, if you watched the first Ninja Turtle movie, use Casey. Uh, who else is in this? Uh, there's one more famous person in it. There's Miss Honey. Yes, Miss Honey. She looks great. There are tons of people. So I only assume that Denzel, you have to spend your money on Denzel Washington, especially for a a horror movie, like a thriller. Yeah, you're spending money on him. John Goodman, for sure. Donald Sutherland. He's he's the old creepy. He's not even super old in this movie, but he's got the creepy face. So he can look like he's doing something bad. He's President Snow. That's what I'm saying. So what do you guys think the box office was, Katie? Twenty dollar dues. Emma. Thirty dollar dues. Micah. Forty dollar dues. <laughs> nice, not bad, not bad. So Micah was being nice with how much money it didn't make, but he should have been mean because the box office was twenty five point two dollar dues. Damn. And 
it's weird. It just I've said this about a couple of movies back in the day that they came out at the wrong time. If this movie with Denzel, it could have been older Denzel. If yeah. it came out maybe in the 2000s, shit, if it came out now, Denzel Washington thriller where he's trying to stop like a, a, a fucking killer from doing stuff. That'd be awesome. This movie would make well, especially after Supernatural. Yeah. This movie would make absolute millions. It it'd have been fucking great. But in its time, it, you know, people weren't hyped for it. And and it's really odd. Like it's the oddest thing. And I was telling Katie, like, this is a Denzel Washington movie. And when he popped on screen, she's like, fuck, he's young. I'm like, Yeah, this was this was young Denzel, like trying to stop a spirit. <laughs> But a lot of the reviews say like the beginning of the movie is suspenseful and it's uh, it's a good idea. But then towards the end, it gets very okay. You know, he's got to fight off the bag. I, it got really typical, but that kind of happens with horror movies, really. Um, you know, the final girl has to fight the villain, and so you know, like I, I like it a lot, but a lot of people didn't like the ending of this. So the third act, they kind of said it kind of fell apart minority kill count so we have and it's been a hot minute since we had the main character be a, a minority good gravy mm-hmm. what like what night of living dead was that the last minority no the new Candyman movie fuck it's been a hot minute since we had a black lead that like goes down but we have hobbs his brother art and that is it yeah he probably killed tons more minorities like the azazel but all um, the people that were like possessed were at least white passing. Yeah, yeah, but none of them died, I don't think. Uh the main guy at the begin the main killer at the beginning, the teacher that he had Denzel shoot. Oh yeah. Uh the two guys that he possessed in Oh, with the cornflakes and stuff. Yeah, with yeah. The cornflakes. Had him sitting in a quiet room. John Goodman, Donald Sutherland. They're all white. Yeah. So we got two. So the new minority kill count is 309. Tito Turtle in a house in a plane full of vampires. So this is volume five of the senses. This is the last one. So real quick, we're going to go through the movies and just see what everyone enjoyed the most. So first movie in our month of senses was Bird Box. So that's the one where you can't look at the thing or it'll kill you. And in volume two was the menu where it was just a, a very wild night for eating. And a lot of people got killed and there was fires and then a really tasty cheeseburger at the end. <laughs> and then the silence, a lot like Bird Box, but with sound. Don't make too many sounds or you'll get eaten. <laughs> Volume four was Hush, where we have a deaf mute Stephen King female <laughs> fighting for her life against a very uh, douchey killer. It was really good. And then Fallen, where Denzel Washington fights against a demon and almost kills him. So, Katie, out of those five, which one did you enjoy the most? Mm. (laughs) That's really tricky. Um, I think I liked Hush the most. The deaf, mute girl fighting off a killer in her house using the tools that she had available to her um trying her best that was a wild ass ride it was the amount 
of anxiety that I felt the <laughs> whole film was incredible. Like Bird Box did the same thing. I was very anxious. Same with um the ones we watched last year, the Quiet John Krasinski Place. ones. A Quiet Place. Quiet Place. Uh, those ones are very anxiety inducing. Bird Box was very anxiety inducing. Um, but I think Hush was probably the most for me. And I liked it was so good. Emma. I love the menu, like as just a movie. It was so it's so weird. Like such an odd concept, but something that's sort of been like vaguely included in a different kind of movie but i love the menu as a movie but i think as a month based on senses i would have to go with hush because it was very uncomfortable and it was actually scary for me like being alone in the woods is one thing but being alone in the woods while deaf and mute with nothing was like holy fuck yeah so somewhere between hush and the menu micah the menu very easy for me it came out at the right time it's right in the peak of my current interest which is you know everything cooking show related and stuff like that and working at a restaurant and things like that it just it it hit all the right notes for me and the main I guess, for lack of a better term, bad guy was kind of unstoppable. (laughs) Like literally he had everything (laughs) pinned down and he let one person go basically. And he was like, well, you're, you're one of us. So I know you're going to either tell our story or just carry on (laughs) with your life (laughs) because we're all here and it's a fucked up world. So here's your cheeseburger. Have a nice day. (laughs) Yeah, no, it, it came out at the right time. That that that's a movie that I think came out at the right time. Um but it is very niche. And so I think a lot of people it probably didn't get a lot of the hype that it deserved. Yeah. But for me it it could not have been better timing or anything like that. Absolutely loved it. So I have a two way tie. And I'm going with the ones that I put stars on. So they're on my tracker for the uh, best scary movie of this season and that's the menu in hush so if you're going for a straight up scary movie hush man like this woman had so many minuses to her body i'm thinking in like fallout terms you know fucking perception is like i don't know negative two (laughs) her charisma is negative three and she's out here swinging on people killing bad guys it was uh, absolutely amazing like it was great and the fact that it felt like a Stephen King story to me. It already had me in the fucking first inning, you know? Yeah. And then the menu. I like weird shit like that. That That's the, my type of thriller, scary movie, just movie. So, you know, we, we see Chef Voldemort get together and he's already looking evil. And then every fucking course comes out and it just gets wilder. And then the dude shoots himself in the head and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and it just doesn't get better for the people that are there eating this food. I, that movie's amazing. I, I absolutely love the menu. It put a smile on my face watching it. I was like, this is great. So, yeah, <laughs> out of those two, that, that's, it's fucking amazing, right? Oh, man. Uh, Ray Fiends, that's a scary looking dude, man. 
If I was walking no. in an alley and I'd see Ray Fiends walking toward me, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to stab him. I'm going to stab Voldemort if he gets close to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, does anybody have anything else to say about Fallen? It's a good movie. Yeah. Denzel, do more scary stuff. I'm shocked that I had never heard of it. Yeah, same. Like, it being this... Like, with the cast that it has, like, yeah. Denzel and John Goodman and even Donald Sutherland, who was only, like, a minimal character, I'm shocked that this had never once come up in my life. Um, Like, I know that it's, quote, a scary film. It's a thriller film. But even then, like, thrillers get shown on, like Micah said, USA, TNT, whatever, like, all the fucking time. Like, how did I miss watching this movie? Because yeah. I feel like yeah. it should have been running on TV non-stop when i was a kid yeah this For one sure. it flew under the radar honestly i don't even know why i caught it because i don't know i saw young denzel washington and just saw you know a spirit just touching people and jumping around i was like oh shit this is cool and i watched it but there was no like oh man that new denzel movie looks great i, I just caught it on cable one day you know so unfortunately uh, some movies back in the day they do not get the love they deserve uh like i said this movie came out later. Shit, everybody be talking about Fallen. We'd probably have a sequel to this movie. And it it probably would be an HBO movie. series at this point. Yeah. And we'd be disappointed <laughs> when it came out. Yep. Fallen 2 looks awesome. Oh, no, that's shitty. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, that is the end of this episode. So, if you have any other cool fun facts about demons, don't tell us. But, you tweet us at Alan we have an email with this. Alan Tempers at gmail.com. We have a Facebook app. Alan Tempers. So that is episode 279 in the book, in the pocket, out of sight. And that's the end of Senses Month. This is really fun. So I'm I'm happy that we're thinking up new genres and new themes, you know. Uh, especially last year when we did like Stephen King Month, and that was like really fucking fun and had some guests on and stuff like that. That was really cool. So I'm happy this worked out so well. So the music listened to right now, that is Flip and the Combined Effort for the CE and where you can find them. The Studio Pizzas, thank you so much for the artwork. So like I said before, we are hopping into another genre. Uh, I don't want to call it yet because we kind of got to pick it. I think I have an idea what it's going to be. But every month, we every month we stray closer from God and get closer to the Halloween Screamathon. And even with this year building up, we got some solid ones in the pipeline. Hey, Dad, when the Pooh movie still hasn't come out? Hopefully, one day. <laughs> oh, and a new Evil Dead, and it's getting good reviews. I'm excited. I cannot wait. Woo, I'm excited about that. It's gonna be graphic as balls. So. Like always, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another scary movie. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Toots. Oh, that's spooky. Surprised no one sang the song. Right. <laughs> it was it. Right. I had something and I can't, I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> no touchy. Um, is on my side. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Look at John Goodman was getting it.